Hello. This episode is a conversation with composer, bass player, and band leader Ryan Rost. We talk about Ryan's new album, I Was Here, which is available on Spotify or Bandcamp or wherever you listen to music. And we have a conversation about what it's like creating an album during COVID, life in graduate school as a musician, and other topics surrounding those. But before we get to that, please remember to like, leave a comment, and subscribe to my channels. And if you would like to consider supporting my content generally, please visit my Patreon page. Welcome to Music in Mind. Music in Mind. Hello, everybody. This is Ryan Rost. He is a friend of mine, bass player, composer, band leader, and uh, fellow alum from UC Irvine. We, uh, we both did the MFA program in Integrated Composition, Improvisation, and Technology. And I think Ryan finished it in 2014, right? That's right, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that was the year I came in. So we didn't actually overlap, but we've sort of met each other and hung out through through uh, other ICIT, UC Irvine people. So. That's right. Don't you... F- I, I really get... I struggle, man. Like, I really wish it was a different um, title. <laughs> ICIT yeah. sounds great, but then you have to sound... Hey. Then you have to sound it out to yep. everyone, and it sounds it's so just, long. It's so clumsy. Oh my god! Yeah, we, uh, I, I was talking about that on a, on a Oliver Dobrian's podcast with his band the other day. Consistently off. Go check that out. That was a, it's a fun yeah. podcast. But yeah, we we were talking about the name, and it's it's just so long, and it's so uh, yeah something. I mean, I mean, it explains what they're doing. Yeah, but, uh, it's, it's true. Yeah, it's. Oof. <laughs> Every time I'm like, all right, I see. I can't just go say ICIT and get away yeah. with it. Well, so you have a new so, album out. I do. Yeah, I do. it's pretty cool. I, uh, I I've been listening to it, and um, I like uh, I like how you uh, it, it's pretty just sort of like jazz trio sound, and then a couple of times you introduce these kind of like audio effects worlds. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's actually way more tamed down than i thought it would be like oh my, really yeah when i went in i was like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna go traditional piano trio mm-hmm. and then i'm gonna chop everything up and i'm gonna put effects on everything and i'm gonna play stuff backward and <laughs> and then the more we did it i realized i was like ah these songs are holding up they're pretty good the only yeah. times i really wanted it was in those couple moments uh-huh um so it didn't quite go to plan but uh I'm still, I mean, I'm stoked on it. Yeah, it's. I mean, it sounds really good. D- you did the production yourself, right? And the yeah. engineering, here. mixing, mastering, all that. Yeah, I did it all here. Um, yeah, it was my f- first real go, and I don't know what I was thinking. Like recording three acoustic instruments in one room that are hard anyway to record. Did you record uh, it all live? Yeah. Or is it tracked? No, that's live. Okay. So we had, yeah, I mean, that would be hard to do. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I'm just looking at the piano, um, trying to figure out how to mic that, mic my bass, the upright. Is it an acoustic piano? Yes. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I was wondering. Well, because there's some tuning things that are, like, awesome, and it sounded like a live piano, and I was like, is that just, like, a really good (laughs) plug-in? Yeah, it's funny. I, um, I recorded 
a version of this album a couple of years ago mm. and had um, Doug Carter, the piano player, play through a Nord. And it sounded great. Like, uh-huh. he plays great on it. And he was just like, ah, you know, if this were on a real piano, that would be really nice. And I'm like, yeah, well, I need to get a real piano, but <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> and then, um, and then my, yeah, my in-laws moved and downsized their house and they had this piano that they bought my wife and they said well we're going to list it and see if we get any bites and they got a couple of people ask, like offering them like thousands of dollars less than they wanted mm-hmm. and um, they just said you can have it if you want to ship it and I was like where do I sign here we go like <laughs> where so. where'd you have to ship it from Minnesota oh okay yeah, so um, it took a few months to get here, uh-huh. um, and then I had to get it all tuned and regulated and all that stuff, and then uh, got dug on it, and it was like, it was kind of, I wouldn't say it's night and day, because he's such a great player, but mm-hmm. um, it was it was just great to be able to do that, but then I fell into that trap of like, okay, I don't know how to record well, I mean, yeah. it comes it comes off really well. I it's it's like, uh, is it is it two mics uh, panned a little bit because it seems like the, like the space of the piano on the album is like amazing. Oh wow, thanks. Um, I'm trying to remember how I did it because I went through a bunch of experimenting. Um, I think I ended up with the microphones doing one of these things. Uh huh. So not a total like xy i think is what pat- the pattern is it's kind of more spread out mm-hmm. and so they overlap a little bit in the middle um and yeah it was it was tricky it was like okay that sounds good yeah and then the drums i got mic'd up the day before and um and then the bass i had worked on a little bit so just sort of setting it all up the day before and yeah, and then we start. Then we hit record, and um, and then we went. Nice. And then it was the rest of the time. It was just absolutely. Besides, like the playing went great, but the recording was totally you didn't have fraught to fire with. Anyone? No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, but the re- oh man, the recording was. It was fraught with problems. Um, well, were you engineering it as well as playing? Yeah, that is such a headache. It's I actually. I, Actually, I did that the first go around, like two uh-huh. years ago or a few years ago, and I was like, no, I have to have someone at yeah. least just hitting the button, yep. right? So I had our friend uh, Shiwei come over. Oh, okay. And, cool. uh, and he's great. He's got such a great vibe. He's like perfect to have <laughs> in a studio as someone who's just a bystander. Because mm-hmm. he'll, he'll just hit the button and he'll stay quiet. And then after each take, he'll kind of turn around and just go like, that was beautiful. That was the best <laughs> thing. I was like, "Oh, that's yeah, that's we, great." We I, I was to, I was expecting you to say that you, you, you turn it off and he was going to say something mean. No, no, <laughs> like was, maybe we should do that one again. No, he was such a cheerleader. <laughs> it was great. That's great. Well, well, well. Cheers on the new album. Yes, thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. What 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 are you what are you drinking? Uh, got some black tea and uh, like black tea and Maker's Mark. <laughs> I don't think I've ever tried that. Is I would imagine uh, the the hot the hot drink with the whiskey would be weird, but no, it's great. I I like it, but nice. I like anything with alcohol in it. 
Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm an easy audience. It, it elevates any drink. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, except milk. I was about to say milk. I was watching, what was I watching last night? An old episode of It's Always Sunny, and they were trying to advertise, uh, like, milk with liquor in it. Oh, my God. Yeah, my my wife has a bottle of eggnog in the refrigerator, mm-hmm. and it's just like, I can't do it. I can't what about do it. non-alcoholic eggnog? No, I don't, no, that's the thing. I don't like eggnog. Like, it I, is I can drink the brandy, but eggnog is... <laughs> I was wondering, so are there f- are there other nogs? I don't know. There's I've never nog. heard of a. Is there? What's the definition of nog? I have no idea. I don't really know what a nog is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, what could possibly replace an egg in a drink? Like, I don't know. You got me. That's I have a no idea. Dis- that's a disgusting question. <laughs> like butter nog, milk nog. Ooh. Oh, you just made my Your heart. stomach churn a little bit. Yeah, my heart froze up and my stomach churned. So the... Uh, the, the, the <laughs> that's so ridiculous. Yeah, that's great. The, um, the, the composing on the album, did you write all the, all the tunes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, it was kind of a... I mean, it's just I didn't want to... I didn't want to share. Right. Uh, yeah, I had a, and I had a backlog of tunes uh-huh. that, you know, some of them are, uh, gosh, like eight years old, and some of them I wrote last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just had to pick what I felt would line up in an album well, and ones that were kind of a, I guess, adventurous enough. Or, right. I mean, that's in some people would listen to this and just say, oh yeah, that's pretty conservative writing, but. Um, it was. I was stretching myself on a few tunes. Yeah, which uh, w- which ones were the big stretches? Do you think? I think things change. Yeah. Um, you know, because it's. I, mean, I love the way that one. The end of it. It goes crazy. It's like <laughs> it's just some jazz tune. Like uh, some jazz. It's really. It's nice. I don't know. Like evocative. I like that it starts with the the bass and keyboard are kind of like in unison, and then it like devolves into this craziness. It's amazing. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Yeah, I just wanted to write, I started out just wanting to write a kind of super slow funk tune uh-huh. um, that, because I'd never done that, and then I've liked how I think about things. It's like, I always want to just, just screw with it a little bit mm-hmm. and see if it still works. So, you know, just take off a beat here, kind of let it spin around like that. Um but then once we got to the second section, I went full like math on it and just I had this like system oh, cool. of how the notes were lining up with the changes or not. And then um and then Doug came up with the idea of toward the end playing these like thirty it was written as sixteenth notes, but he just played them as thirty second notes, like mm-hmm. alternating. And he's like, Oh, you know, I Sounds more impressive than it is. And I was like, yeah, right, dude, okay. No one could do that. So he's doing all this stuff. And um, and then after I got done mixing it, I had put a delay on top of that. Okay. So you got all these notes happening. And his, I knew he was what he was going to say. I was thinking to myself, like, I'm kind of taking this amazingly chopsy, like, thing that he's doing and totally obscuring it so no one's going to know that he can actually do this 
And his first comment when I sent it to him, he's like, I love it. Just out of ego, it kind of drives me crazy that no one's going to know that I'm actually doing it. Right. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it like, makes it seem like a trick. Yeah, totally. Totally. I like this as a gesture for piano. Oh, that's Because it's how like people, a drummer. It's amazing. It's like Cecil Taylor people, shit. Yeah. yeah, that's how people play. That's how every piano player plays, right? Flat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's how Actually, I play. It is anyway. interesting if you watch like old um, like Thelonious Monk videos. He plays really flat fingers. Straight fingers. Yeah, yeah. it's weird. Yeah. Um, I wonder if Duke Ellington did that too a little bit. Because they, I don't know. They're like, to me, they're like two peas in a pod. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Duke Ellington seems like he might have not eschewed technique quite as much as Thelonious did. I kind of get that vibe, but I. Uh... I don't know. I, I guess I haven't. I haven't paid attention. I haven't watched enough videos of him. Yeah, neither. Neither have I. Yeah. Well, that's uh, cool. So, it's is it the same band that you perform with regularly? The same trio? Yeah, that that trio's been playing together at least, basically at least once a week. Right. Um, pre-pandemic, um, for like five years. Right, because you you guys had a residency at the the lighthouse or. Parker's yeah. Lighthouse, right? Yeah. Parker's, Long yeah, not to yeah. be confused with the other one um, in right. Um, South and, Bay. Right, that? Hermosa, Hermosa, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just like this dinner gig that I was able to, I just sort of foisted my stuff on those <laughs> poor diners. And, yeah, that's uh, great. But I think you had Running with the Devil in your set, in your request absolutely. list, right? That was amazing. I think I came <laughs> once with uh, with Lizzie Erickson and... Yeah, You're like looking through your list. <laughs> that was pretty yeah. great. Yeah, that was a weird. Um, that was a weird transition. Like the the gig, the gig has been going forever for me, um, and so it was just a straight ahead jazz gig. And they changed management, and basically, whenever management changes for a jazz for a gig, it's usually the end of the gig. Right, and. Uh, this guy came up and he said, "Hey, can you play '80s jazz?" And I was like, "What do you mean by that?" He's like, yeah, I, I, "I wouldn't quite know what somebody meant either." Like, <laughs> I was sure. like, "Oh God, is this smooth jazz?" And uh, yeah, after talking to him, he's just like, he just wanted a bunch of '80s like rock tunes and pop okay. stuff. And so I was like, "I do that anyway, so now I just make a thing of it." Yeah. Well, and, uh, last time I went, I feel like you guys were playing a lot of... You playing, like, Paul Simon and stuff? Totally, yeah. We yeah. stretched it out to, like... Yeah, we'll play um, a bunch of Steely Dan stuff and Paul mm-hmm. Simon and some R&B stuff. And we kind of went from, okay, it's the 80s to 70s, 80s, 90s, kind of whatever we want to do. Right. Just not uh, strictly jazz. But we blow uh-huh. over it, and it's uh, that's a real challenge sometimes. It's fun. I think it's it's a cool idea to have a, a group of players sort of working in, in two different arenas. So there's the, sort of the more artistic side, like your album, and then the the kind of more, like, I don't know what the right word is, like um, sort of commercial playing, sort of grinding it out, but like always playing together and sort of always adding to it. But it's, it's uh, more, I don't know what the right word, all the words I'm thinking of are not... Uh, <laughs> 
compliment her, but I don't mean it to be not complimentary. Oh, I see what you're saying, yeah. <laughs> Interesting music you play. Uh, well, no, but like uh, like uh, Film Speed, Oliver Dobrian's band, uh, they they would do like their, their normal thing, their like rock band thing, and then I think they also had a cover band gig that was regular too, that they yeah. did for some money. And so, but it's an interesting idea that a band can sort of exist together in the in different spaces like that. They probably yeah, these, help each other a lot. I think so. Yeah, um, yeah. These guys, um, Peter Buck and Doug Carter, are like when when uh, shut up phone <laughs> when um, when we first started this. I told the GM, I was like, "Look, I can." I can do this. I'm happy to do it, but you just cut my list of piano players by like eighty percent. Because finding someone who can play both jazz mm-hmm. well and play pop music that doesn't sound like a wedding band, right? And stretch over and take chances. It's like I I struggle with that finding yeah. people who are like minded, but um, but these two guys are. And then building that, like, mm-hmm. that trust over five years um, plays out in this album because we've had conversations about where the music should go. Um, even though I wrote it, it's still like we have to navigate the right. recording session. And plenty of decisions came up that day where we were just talking about it. And, um, yeah, like the decision to start the... Um, Samba tune, E for Effort, with just yeah. piano and drums. That was just, Doug just mentioned it. He's like, what do you think about that? Yeah. And if, yeah, if you're going to play like that, absolutely. <laughs> if you know? you're going <laughs> to <laughs> so, That's pretty good. What, yeah, what I think it? that's Sorry? the benefit. I think that's the the benefit of having a band that works together and learns how to trust you and listens and learns how to trust each other. Right. I mean, that's essential. It's so... It, don't always get that you don't always have that luxury right i feel like it's a problem and it's something i've i've had a problem with and i feel like i'm i'm sort of at the wrong age to start a band because i feel like there's there's this thing where there's plenty of people who would play with me who are awesome if i pay them right and they would do a great job but it's completely different than developing a relationship with performers over a number of years where everybody is sort of emotionally invested in the project. Yeah, I think, I don't know how to really respond to that. Um, because I've had this gig for so long, it's totally been like a blessing. Like it's crazy, right? No one has, it's, I think I've been there for this year would have been like my 17th year. And at at Parker's lighthouse at Parker's lighthouse. Yeah. And it's like to have, that consistency where I get to pay guys yep. and I get to do whatever we want. That's amazing. For the most part. It's like, yeah, it's, um, otherwise it's, you're exactly right. You either write the music in such a way that it's clear enough and you give the musicians enough freedom to where you can have maybe three or four rehearsals and then, and you have to pay them. Right. And then you pay them for the session and then, you get what you get, but you don't get, you know, five years worth of gelling. Right. Um, and yeah, yeah. The, even just the idea of starting a band, 
um, always brings back like garage band in me in my 20s you know but i feel like, like that's when you have to do it right you have to be a, an idiot teenager who like you have to learn how to play your instruments together and then totally. you have to get through the hump of like not going to college you have to make that decision that you're going to be losers for the rest of your life <laughs> that's the only choice right and then just keep going <laughs> yeah 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 and Start then and then you're green day or whatever Right. Or Metallica yeah. or something. I'm I'm pretty sure that path is the same for everyone. When they as long as yeah. you start at 13 years old, <laughs> and you give up college, yep, you're gonna become Green Day. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> probably. Yeah, you're gonna have a Broadway show. Yeah, it's gonna uh, be amazing. <laughs> that's a good one to play. I like that one. It's fun. I bet. I bet. I bet. Do you have any like? Uh, I'm sure you have some that you dread. But, um, you know, I only played. Really? It's just so long. It's it's okay. I don't hate the music, but it's like a three and a half hour show. So no one should be subjected to that. That's <laughs> even like a three week run of that. By the end, you're just like, oh my god. Nah. Yeah. That's that's painful for everybody. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got a, I got reprimanded during a, a run of Fiddler on the Roof once. Like, I almost Four? got fired. <laughs> really? Yeah. What did you do? Fall asleep? No. I, uh, the, the conductor was, like, giving me nothing the whole time, barely even looking at me. And then, like, two weeks in, he was like, I need to talk to you. He was like, you're not, like, gelling with the rest of the ensemble. <laughs> wow. You're supposed to just right. be able to do that with no input. <laughs> I was like, in, like oh, no well, input. He was just like, I just, I, you know, I need you to listen more and, and really think about gelling with the ensemble and just, like, look at me a lot. And I was like, I, will, I wish you'd, like, said that you didn't like my sound, like, two weeks ago. Seriously, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, and so what's that? I don't know how you, how do you, how do you get that in a pit? Like, that's, like if you're not gelling with the band doesn't that mean the it's the mix isn't right yeah i mean basically it was like i was playing too loud um i was just on an acoustic <laughs> i was on an acoustic guitar and i didn't have a monitor so i was just like playing out because they just had a mic there and i had no sense for what it sounded like and so basically i just started playing a lot quieter and he was like yes that's it perfect perfect <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that's hilarious uh-huh. just turned down Right. Everyone's everyone's complaint just turned down. Yep, yep. Yeah, I guess I guess that's that's me being an asshole guitar player, just like blasting everyone with my with my nylon string guitar. <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah, finger finger style. Yeah, it's like uh, wow. Did you ever get into the 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 pit orchestra thing or like session work or any gigging uh, stuff no, like that? Yeah, I did a couple um, like. My buddy Lex Lee um, got me on a couple. He's like a basically a MD now, but um, he would MD some like high school musicals or uh-huh. something like that. And so I would show up and do like a weekend. Right. I wouldn't do. I wouldn't be able to do like a full week. Um, and yeah, it was uh, interesting. Um, Did you yeah. like it? Uh, I was. Com- well, the high school one was such a mess. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they always um, are. I did some, I did a community one in Laguna Beach. And, uh, yeah, it was, I, th- I think it was fun. 
I was really intimidated. <laughs> okay. I, I was intimidated, man. Like, because everyone was like in the scene. Everyone mm. knew they were better, way better readers than I was. And I was basically going in with just a couple rehearsals. Uh-huh. Um, and at one point, there were two shows. And in between the matinee and the evening show, I split to my buddy's house, which uh-huh. was like three miles away, and then came back. And when I left his house, the traffic had backed up. Oh, fuck. In the, in the one road that goes into yep. Laguna Beach. Yeah, Laguna is such a nightmare for that. It's insane. And so I was like, okay. So I, wa- <laughs> so I got there and oh, what a bad I feeling. have my, I have my upright base and it's in this like tiny pit, you know, thing. And it's like steep steps. I don't even think there were steps. I only, it was, it was in between like a ladder and, uh-huh. and concrete steps and it was super tight. And I basically had to wait I think I was two songs late or one song late. And oh, so, no. Like, curtain closes, I creak in, and I got my bass, and I just almost dive into the pit. What a bad start. feeling, man. It was awful. <laughs> of course I got... I, they they let me finish out the weekend, then I was I never yeah. got called again. Oh, you know? Of course. That is a nightmare. It's brutal. Uh, I, I have, like, like I dreams. Have a, I have, like, stress nightmares about stuff like that all the time. Yeah, I am not like that generally. <laughs> yeah. Like I freak right. out. I always I'm always an hour early. I'm yep. always like prepared. I just was not prepared for that situation. Oh, um so yeah, but the music was okay. It felt like they I think it was the Lion Lion King. Oh cool. And I feel like they invested way more money in the scenery and the costume and the set design than in the music. And that, preparing. Yeah. That sounds you know? right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, and then my other one, I subbed for a bass player um, for the Danny Kaye story in Hollywood on a, mm. like, this must have been 10 years ago. In, um, it was over the weekend, it was like four shows over a weekend in, um, over New Year's Eve. And, He's like, yeah, just come down, check it out. And it's like, okay. So I listened to him play it, and I was like, I guess. Let me check out the music. And it was, there were moments that were just so hard. And this dude can read anything, and I'm just sitting there going, oh, boy. And he's just, he's just <laughs> like, oh, this is cool, man. You're, you're fine. Oh, uh, I hate that when, like, you have a very different <laughs> level of need and urgency in terms of, like, needing the music and the person. Oh, totally. Like, I had this problem. Do you know uh do you know Jeff Askew, the guitar player? No. Okay. No. He's really good. Uh he what is he? He teaches at Biola, I think. Okay. Um, but uh a really good guitar player. And he called me to sub for him at Cal State Fullerton on this show called The Wild Party, which is like the hardest guitar book ever. It's it's just really? all notated, it's all crazy keys, it's all crazy rhythms, and it's like lead rock like <laughs> distorted whaley the whole way through pretty much so either that or nylon? really intense like bebop jazz so it's like oh my god so you brought your nylon string guitar yeah right <laughs> <laughs> no but but uh he needed the book and he didn't have a scan a pdf of it or anything and he was like it'll be fine 
And I sat in. I was like, okay, I need to audit. I need to listen. And then it was like the night before I was playing. And I was like, it's not going to be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I need need this book. And I was up literally all night learning this book. And um, it was when I I was living with another ICIT alum, Bori Shin. Did you ever meet Bori? Yeah, I played with him a couple times. Nice. Um, And like around 4 o'clock in the morning... He came out. I didn't have my amp on. I was just playing uh, electric, not plugged in, to keep it quiet. And he was like, I can hear every note you're playing. I need you to stop. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I need to learn. <laughs> you're cramming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How'd it turn out? Uh, it turned out pretty well. There were a few, like, bad flubs. Also, the, uh, the MD had his perfect pitch. Ugh. And so it, it would be like chords written over the top, but it would have all these specific voicings with like inner part voice leading for the guitar, for the bebop stuff. And so like if I would start hmm. playing, if I couldn't read that and I would just play the chords, he would look at me and he'd be like, are your inner voices right? Come on. <laughs> Come on. That's just mean. Yeah. That's just mean. <laughs> I'm, I'm just like, just... You're making me feel really good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, thanks. You're doing a I think I finished too. that show. I did like three of them, and I was like shaking at the end of each one. It just took oh so God, much focus sure. just to get through. And it was like a three-plus-hour show. Oh, my God. So it was just like, oh, my God, uh, just get through it. I love these horror stories. Oh, that's <laughs> this Danny K story to follow up on that. Um, so I, I showed up, and uh-huh. I was just hammering through the rehearsal. Um, I kind of glossed over a couple you know, right. of the really effed up parts. And the MD was just, like, covering as much as he could. He mm-hmm. was kind of stressed out and just sort of didn't look like he was having any fun. And so we get through the first night, which was New Year's Eve Eve, I think, the 30th. And I'm like, all right, I'm taking this music home. I'm going to keep working on it. Yep. I come back. And the MD had quit. And so they had a new MD that just sort of came in. What the hell? None of the cues. Oh, no. And the next thing thing I knew, I'm helping him out (laughs) on these cues on this show that I just played like twice. (laughs) That's probably a good way to learn it. Probably, but... Did it give you more confidence? Totally. Like... Uh Like, it didn't matter if I messed that, like, insane lineup. You're like, no, that's just... what it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Nailed it! <laughs> but, yeah, I'm suddenly giving him cues, and I'm like, what just happened? It was an epic disaster. It was, all, it was, it was amazing. It was one of those... That's crazy. Yeah, he quit in the middle of, like, in between shows. In between days. It was the weirdest thing. <laughs> Fuck you guys. I'm out of here. Yeah. I'm out. Peace. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, I, yeah. I I was on a run of uh, Fiddler on the Roof where the MD got fired midway through the run. Oh God! But that was um, definitely for the best. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, was there? There must have been someone who could co- like a second keyboard or something like that who could cover it. No, they brought in they brought in a whole other person. But it was pretty weird because like Whoa. we all knew him as another MD in the area and um 
we were like playing and we saw him in the back of the theater like taking notes and we're like what is he doing here uh, i see uh, it was yeah, pretty that's awkward for the yeah i mean yeah, it, was it was definitely the right decision but yeah that's crazy why is it that like well for me i've only had disastrous bad experiences because i've never i haven't played a bunch in a bunch of pits right and so i'm probably the problem but 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 i know that it seems like the the disasters are always so much they're so absurd that like it's not like just oh we like a train wreck on a tune at a jam session it's like there's it seems like there's so much more at stake than if you're just playing a jazz gig and you just don't know the tune and you just screw it all up. <laughs> yeah, because it's over in five minutes. Right. Um, and there and there aren't actors and sound people. Like, yeah. it's not like this whole <laughs> yeah. chain thing where if one thing goes wrong, the entire yeah. thing collapses on itself. You can just have right. a shitty five minutes and then like get back on. Right. Right. Well, and then everyone judges you for the rest of your life <laughs> based on that one crappy performance. Yeah. Have you ever had to fire anybody? I have. Oof. Yeah, that's brutal. Um, in fact, I've I've fired people that are like Southern California mainstays, older guys that are like, you know, teaching at prestigious colleges oh, that came damn. down just to play jazz, and right. they forgot their shoes and socks, and so they're walking in with what? like sandals and. And no, like a suit, but no socks. And, uh, that's weird. Um, and it's just like immediately the uptight manager would come up to me and be like, What's going on? What's going and, on? And I'm like, Yep. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not this guy's mom. Uh, yeah. So I've had to like that. And I've never fired anybody. Like, I never fire anybody on the spot. That's just lame. Right. No one's done anything that crazy. But it's just like most of the time you can get away with not calling them. But sometimes you just have to say, look, I know I have you on this date. I got to go with someone else. And, <laughs> and it's like explain it to them. And yep. yeah, it sucks. It sucks. My <laughs> wife has to do that crap all the time. She's like, oh, really? She's, she has a real job. Yeah. And, Firing uh, people, though? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, writing people up, like the uh-huh. whole thing. And yeah. um, so I've learned a little bit from her just in how to. Yep. Manage people a little bit, mm-hmm. but it just seems so absurd to th- like that's not I, it's important, but it's not how I feel like that's not what I want to do as a musician. Right. But then I have this gig that I have to manage. I want to keep it. Of course. W- would so, you hire them again either for that gig or for a different gig? Um I'm trying I mean, to it probably think, depends uh, on who they are and what they did, but yeah uh for that for that one that specific one absolutely yeah like right. if it was a different gig and it was a little more casual right um <laughs> sandals allowed exactly yeah <laughs> if it's some if it's a beach gig uh, <laughs> <laughs> you'd be like have i got the gig for you <laughs> exactly uh, bring your ukulele uh yeah um and then there's other people that i just couldn't like they could never show up on time and it's like, well, okay, this gig ain't for you, but if I get a gig that's loose, like you play so great that I want to play with you, so if right. it's looser, sure, right. why not? But, 
Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I, I have, I don't have much patience for the easy stuff that it takes to just keep a gig, show up on yeah, time, wear the right clothes, be in. You know, if you can't, if you're going to be snarky, then just keep your mouth shut and play the gig. I'll hire you again if you play well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know. So. Yeah. I hate that stuff. I just want to play music, man. Yeah. <laughs> So what about uh, what about ICIT stuff? Since since we're both both alums from the program, it, do you uh, do you use a lot of the the stuff you learned there, or do you feel like it's been applicable to you? Well, I think um, this album is kind of a testament to that. Right. I don't think this album would exist in its form uh, without ICIT. Uh-huh. Um, I was thinking, okay, rent studio time and. I'll spend thousands of dollars on this one album. Yeah. And um, I got pissed at that idea. And I just, like, I was like, you know what? I got the instruments here. And I can invest, instead of investing thousands of dollars in studio time, I can invest the same amount of money in gear. Right. The kind of music that I write isn't exactly going to make me millions of dollars anyway. Yeah. So. (laughs) Maybe. uh, Once I... (laughs) Uh, maybe after this podcast, I mean, yeah, right. Um, All my, my, my 12 listeners. That's right. That's right. I'm really looking forward to that, that royalty check. Oh yeah. Uh, but, um, but yeah, I just, uh, I was like, f- screw it. Like invest the money in microphones and stuff and yep. make it a process of learning. And that way I can, I have a lofty goal of releasing something every year. Yep. And, um, now it's possible. Before it would have been like, no, nah, I gotta like, I just gotta focus on getting enough money to book studio time. So yeah, I mean, I think I think that that the the attitude of learning the the tech or the practical side of things uh, was a big thing that I also got from uh, from ICIT. Uh, seems- especially working with Chris Dobrian, like e- even even Max programming, even though I don't use uh, Max a whole lot now, a little bit, uh, I feel me. like the the principle of learning it and learning that you can you can kind of build things yourself if you're creative in the right way. Oh man, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. That's like, and everyone kind of got on board, even though like we all had in my class. It all seemed like we all had frustrations. Mm-hmm. Um, most of it came from Max. Like I haven't, I haven't touched Max since leaving. Um, it was just too even too like much Max for, me. for Live or anything. Uh, I'm not building anything. Okay. So, so uh, I've kind of let that go. Uh-huh. Um, there are certain things I'll farm out. Even though I want to do everything, I'll farm that out. Um, thank God That's for smart. Michael Matthews. I, I have to get better at that. Oh, that's like the only thing. Everything else I take on myself. Oh. It's, like, <laughs> it's like, no, 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 I got this. Uh, for better or worse. But yeah, having that attitude of like, just, it's not impossible. Just try it and learn it. Yep. Like when I, my, it's not a joke. It's my, it's for real, but it sounds like a joke. Is before I went to UCI, the that time, ICIT, mm-hmm. I didn't even, I literally did not know what an interface was. I was like, mm, what do you yeah. mean? I, I got Ableton Live and I turned it on and I plugged like computer speakers into my 
like out the headphone right. output. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it's not working. Something's <laughs> wrong with the software. <laughs> and yeah. And so since then it's like, Oh, you know, maybe I can just research mics and, um, try something. And mm -hmm. then there's so much like failure at ICIT that you get used to. Like, <laughs> like yeah. every, every performance is going, you're going to, have something that goes it's gonna wrong. be a disaster every time yeah every time <laughs> and and that was that's, that's a thing. good like, way to sell the program yeah everything <laughs> you do will be an absolute disaster <laughs> you will get extremely comfortable with failure exactly exactly <laughs> uh higher praise could not be said uh but yeah even like with this like i thought i had it nailed and uh -huh. then I went back the next day and there was so much bleed and distortion mm. that I thought I had wasted right. two days of recording. And before, just right before I was about to say, well, got to redo it. I thought, you know, I say a T brain kicked in and it's like, eh, let's, let's figure out a solution and let's just uh -huh. get, uh, just get a demo. Let's just like see what we can do mm -hmm. and salvage. And, um, yeah, and then you just, and I discovered repair software and huh, um, okay, cool stuff like that. And so that was another. I mean, it just means I was mixing for six months instead of a month, but right. I got the time <laughs> for for my own stuff. Right, right, right. You know? uh, yeah, so that was the. I would I would say that's probably the biggest thing from ICAT that I got that mm -hmm. and just you know just trying stuff. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about you? Like playing wise or writing wise has like, you're, you're far more adventurous than I am sometimes. I think, um, sometimes in your writing the little, I mean the, the, the stuff that I've heard, uh -huh. it's always had that sort of, um, I just like dissonance. I feel like that's what it is. I like things. <laughs> I like things that sound bad. Nice. Oh, like that's it, so it, great. Like if that's somebody so else would, would enjoy it, I probably won't. That's so Chris Dobrian. Is it? He's like, <laughs> yeah, it's his one big statement and big takeaway. One, he just throws these things off, and he's like, he just said, "I just don't think music has to sound good." Yeah, and I was like, oh, I think I might agree with that, but I never thought it like sp yeah. specifically thought of it that way. It's great uh, that he just says it. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, one one thing that he said that stuck with me. And I don't know if you if you encounter this like people, especially people who aren't musicians, who like to talk about you know what would world, what would the world be without music and like really romanticize it. And stuff. Yeah, and I, I always find that kind of irritating. And uh, <laughs> what what did Chris say? He he said something like, "Well, then it would just be a world without music, and nobody would care because nobody had any music." Right, right. That's like, like everything that we don't have, we don't care that we. Don't have. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we only want peace because we know how it feels to be peaceful. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's yeah. That sounds like him. That sounds like him. If as long as he like like sits there and just stares at you for like thirty seconds, and then right when you're about to break the silence, he goes, "Well, you know what it would be," and then expand <laughs> have the perfect response. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's great. Uh, was uh, he your was he your uh, your chair your thesis chair? No, Nicole Mitchell was. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that was um, that was weird. I was in a weird spot, like when I went through that 
program. I had a, I had just had my like my son was a year old when oh, I got wow. admitted. That's young. And, uh, yeah, I just, uh, it was difficult to, mm -hmm. for me to engage with any of the faculty outside mm -hmm. of just in class. Um, it was, it was trippy. And so with Nicole, she was, I feel like I didn't, um, get as much from her as I could have because of huh. okay. my, my own limitations of time and concentration and stuff. I mean, I feel like it makes sense that she was your chair, though. It, I, I, f I feel like with the work you do, I would imagine yeah. she would have had a lot of like helpful things to say about it. Yeah, definitely more organic stuff. Um, right. Things like, oh, you know, like you need to develop, maybe just develop this. Like uh -huh. think about a bridge to this tune or something like that. Um, right. Or take this idea and stretch it a further. Mm -hmm. uh, so it wasn't as... Um, sort of, uh, I don't know how to say it, um, but people who've had like Michael Dessen and right. Chris Dobrian as chairs are kind of up against it. sounded like they were up against it a little bit more. Um, just sort of like the ex not higher expectations, just, um, maybe they had more technical challenges or something, but, um, they just maybe like more was, need to justify their work or something like that. That could be because my, although I got that too. Chris right. was not my chair, but he was in my defense, and he just. Yeah, that's uh, a big one I had with him too. Yeah, he he basically was like, I well, I can't just give you a degree. <laughs> like you're gonna have, you're gonna have to like <laughs> well, write, that's rough. You're gonna have to write a paper or something. And I was oh like, damn! Oh god! Yeah, <laughs> it was brutal. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't even know what a defense was. I should have asked. I should have said, hey, what, what should I expect from my defense? Wait a minute. You went in and you had no idea what it was going to no be? No idea. I that's was just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's I just amazing. Went in, I, thought, I was like, that's oh, we're going to funny. We're gonna talk about my music. Okay. Yeah. Well, you were there, so you tell me about my music. I mean, yeah, honestly, I, was, I, had a, I had a weirdly similar experience. I, I had an idea of what to expect about what the defense was going to be, but like two hours before it, Chris walked by me and he was like, do you have all your prepared statements for the defense ready? And I was like, what? Prepared oh my God. statements. Was he, he your was chair? Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was Chris and Nicole and then uh, uh, Professor Ray from um, dance department. But Okay. Anyway. Um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I had no idea oh that God. I was supposed to prepare statements. Yeah. But then I don't think I said those statements i think it just started with them asking me questions so maybe it was his way of like yeah. just making sure i was prepared or something oh my god i wish i had that um i had like i wrote like in the next two hours like scrambling like writing like pages of notes for like oh that would have been I so <laughs> that would have been so helpful for me just to like get some ideas although i just sat down and it's like Hey guys. <laughs> One, yeah, the other professor was a, was an English uh, literature professor from across the way, and he basically sat down for like fifteen minutes or so, mm -hmm. and just he was just like, "Yeah, I really liked it." Oh. Uh, and then sat there, and he's like, uh, "You guys mind if I split?" <laughs> and they're like, "That's pretty okay. It's like you and got my was, signature. You're good." Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then it was just me and Nicole and Chris and. Uh, it's just like, oh god, this is not going well. <laughs> I, 
I've not prepared. It I don't did, know it how didn't to speak go to well. Music. Damn. No, I don't think so. I'm terrible at talking about my music, and it's. Um, I remember Chris just like I wrote a piece for solo harp and electronics, uh-huh. and I remember distinctly he just said he asked, "What's the?" This wasn't in my. Uh, it was ended up in my last performance, but this was a different class. And he uh-huh. said, "What's the relationship between the electronics and the harp?" And I had no idea what that question meant. I was like, platonic? I don't know. Platonic. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what you mean. Yeah, what's their relationship status? We need to get this on yeah, Facebook. Exactly. Complicated. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just... And, and then uh, our buddy Hassan mm-hmm. was like, oh, well, you know, it's like... Like it was... They were like... Uh, some of the lyrics or whatever talked about, um, a, like it was, uh, I think the title was lunar heart surgery. Mm-hmm. And he said, Oh, you know, it's about grandpa and then you're in space. Right. And I was like, well, yeah, but well, yeah, isn't that, duh. Isn't that, <laughs> isn't that too obvious? And Chris was like, Oh, okay. What? Yeah. I could have gotten away with that. That's amazing. I, you should, uh, you should have had Hassan do your defense. Oh, that would have been great. <laughs> just send him in be like no I'm Ryan yeah yeah he, uh, he asked me a question too that I I still don't I feel like I answered it right but I feel like I'm being like too pedantic or something because <laughs> okay. they asked me about transition and what I thought about the idea of transition in composition and how many different ways can I think to transition and I said I think there are only two <laughs> okay and that's all I can think of, and I'm pretty sure that's all that's possible. Oh, God. I Either it's a sharp cut or some kind of fade. Oh, my God. And that's it. That's and perfect. And every kind of transition is some version of one of those two things. That is so perfect. That's such a, a flawless answer. <laughs> so generic. Not generic. General. That you cannot possibly argue that. Like, <laughs> but argue but Chris was it. like, I think you need to think a lot more about transition. <laughs> and like, it still plagues me. I'm like, what else? Like, like you can think like, you can overlap them. You can have some things that do a sharp cut and some things that cross. <laughs> yeah. No, that's boiling it down to the essence, man. I think that's perfect. You could like insert blank space. You could have a thing and then blank space and a thing. But that's just two still sharp a cut. cuts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah, even if you talk about, like, changing, like, modulating, it's changing keys. Right. You can go direct to modulation, now we're in this key. Right. Or you can 2-5 your way into it, exactly. and that's a transition. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So I'm right, damn it. You are. You are, absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Screw you, Chris Dobrin. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> He's writing an application th- or yeah, letters yeah. of reference for. <laughs> Screw you for making us think. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, no, no. It's yeah. well, that's cool. So, so what about the 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 composition process for this for your new album? Um, yeah, it's basically like I said, there were some old tunes and new tunes, and it's definitely songs. Right. Um, everything except, f- yeah. It, Everything needed a lot of space to um, solo over and uh-huh. explore that way. So let's see. Um, yeah, the 
I reworked a tune that I'd started years ago. It was probably five or six years ago. Um, that started as just like, oh, I'm going to write a tune in 13. Mm-hmm. And this was Detour. And uh, yeah, I just wrote this like AABA tune. Mm-hmm. And when I listened back, I was like, I really like that, but it seems boring now or too simple. So I uh, stretched out and ended up writing this whole like bridge that mm. took um, like the groove that I wanted to lead into the last A section. I just took that and sort of, um, I wanted to build into that by taking pieces of it out and stretching it out. So I, I was going to ask you about that, about like groove versus the stretched rhythm. So the way you're describing it is, is how I was hearing it. Oh, that's amazing. Wow. Yeah. 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 I, the, I have a note about, about that. In particular. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So um, that, that's really cool. The, so how did you stretch it? Cause like, um, I wasn't able to follow the, the rhythm of the stretching. Yeah. I, um, again, once I'm, and this is the problem with me. Once I'm done writing the tune, I let it all okay. go and that's the tune, yeah. but I'll go back to it. Um, so if the rhythm that like is in 13 that happens, I think what I did was I took, I had this eighth note rhythm that I just wrote in the piano part that was going to cover over everything. And then me and Peter were going to make these hits, but um, I think what I did was I just went kind of, I attacked it from two sides. So the piano has no hits, the first loop, and then the second loop, it hits the first hit and then eighth notes and then two hits and eighth notes. And it starts filling in that rhythm oh, Okay, cool. that way. And then Peter and I are filling in the rhythm um, from the kind of from the backside. So we would... Huh. Um, I had this real basic thing just to keep the pulse and then we would hit the last uh, okay. hit on the end of the two bars and then the next cycle hit the last two and build it that way so it takes like it's only like a couple bars long or right. four bars long but it takes a while to get there for everyone to cross over and fill the whole thing in and then once it's filled in then we're all hitting the same thing at the same time that is awesome um, it was, it's I wasn't sure if it was going to work. It's super, I mean, it's, yeah, definitely nerdy. Uh, <laughs> but that's good. I mean, I actually feel like there's a good, there's a good balance of that uh, sort of composed feel with sort of like the fun, grooviness, thoughtfulness. Uh, what? What's, how do you pronounce, it's a middle one, it's a long one, Sakafet? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna wait. Yeah, no, uh, pretty close. Soccer fit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> um, yeah, my wife and I did our took our honeymoon in Saint Lucia, mm-hmm. and whenever we were in this like, I, I it doesn't matter my anyway we're in this like uh, resort or whatever, and we would get hitched a ride, cab, van, whatever, and. Everywhere I was, like, people were like, Sakafet, Sakafet, Sakafet. Oh. And I was like, what is that word? And finally, I just asked one of the drivers. It was driving me nuts. I was like, hey, man, what's Sakafet mean? And he's like, that eh, basically means, like, hey, what's up? Huh. And I was like, 
I'm going to write a tune called Soccer Foot. Cool. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So I went home and just wrote a little, it's basically just a minor blues with a little. Right. But it, yeah, tag. it's just like such a fun little groove. And oh, man. You just yeah, go in on, on the, it starts with a bass solo, right? It does. Another last minute decision in the studio. I just, uh, we'd never done it that way. And I just thought, eh, I'll try it this way. That's, and, I mean, I like that. I like that mode of recording. I feel like, um, the the classical guitar player Andres Segovia would would never let anybody do a second take, even if he made mistakes. He was just whatever he played, he played. Well, yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely not me. But you do, I do want to limit right. the time you spend on it. You know, like well, I'll I feel like with with a with a jazz geared album, you that's sort of embedded in what you're doing because it's not going to be the same every time anyway you're not necessarily looking for something very specific totally uh, i guess the most specific i got was detour uh-huh. and some of the parts on falling into place because i wrote mm-hmm. all those parts but you know most of the time they're going to play something better anyway um right but yeah like even Doug said, I, I think I agree with this. Uh, he said once, the people that he really admires are the people who like really nail it like 80, 80% of the time. And then the rest, they're like going for something that they kind of miss because they're really just shooting for something. And yeah, I'm totally, for sure. totally with them. Yeah. Yep, I, I like that. I like players that suck sometimes. Totally. Do you totally. know it's just, like Mark it's, Rebo or, or the guitar player or anything like that? No. I, he play, yeah, he he played with Tom Waits a lot, but he's also got like this to, like free improv stuff that he does. Oh, I get. He okay, gets really out, it. but uh, but like um, a lot of a lot of uh, really high technique jazz and classical guitar players say that he sucks, and he kind of does. But I love that about him because he gets ah. to these spaces that they never get to. Yeah. But his technique yeah. isn't great. But so right. what? Yeah, isn't. Uh... Who's a guitar player from Primus? Uh, oh yeah, what's his name? I I love he is maybe one of my favorite guitar players of all time. He's like the I love his playing. Yeah, I, I feel like that's like exactly what you're talking about. Or he doesn't really. It doesn't. I don't even know if he knows what he's doing, but his stuff sounds <laughs> so rad. <laughs> exactly. It's amazing. Yeah, God, well, I forgot his name. Larry is that Larry something? Sounds right. Yeah, Lalonde something. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, I, I wish I could be a perfect player, um, and choose to go like choose to play something like really go for it. Right. And, and then you miss it and you just miss the line. But when you're playing upright, it kind of sucks because you miss it and you could just, it could just be what you're going for, but you're just a little out of tune and now everything sounds sour and gross. And right. It's like, yeah. That, that's tough. Yeah. So if I what, could, what, what what do you see the 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 role of the the bass voice as? I mean, there's the obvious that it's sort of the root of the ensemble, but I I have this whole thing that it's like bass and guitar are inherently tied to the drums. Uh, well, it depends what style of music, I guess. Right. Uh, well, because when I was listening to your album, I feel like the the way you mixed it, the the bass was really filling a lot of the low end, and I didn't actually get a whole lot of kick coming through. In terms of the drums, uh, it's, the kick seemed pretty light, and the drums seemed to sit in a different place than the bass. 
Yeah, um, that could have just been uh, me being a bass player and me being and being my album that uh-huh. I wanted enough because I don't like. I mean, I, I was I was trying to like pull my ego back a little bit. <laughs> But, uh, you know, but maybe I just uh, push the bass up a little bit further than people are used to. Um, with the drums, I really mixed the drums together and then right. just moved the whole thing. And I tried not to. It's weird. I mean, it's like it's still it's still a jazz album, even though it doesn't nothing really swings. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Peter was still playing a little lighter than he could have. Uh-huh. Um, and I, um, yeah, I mean, that's not really answering your question to, uh, where the bass sits. I'm, I'm torn cause I know what the real role of a bass is, but you spend as a jazz bass player, you know, you're spending all these hours, uh, learning horn lines and right. trying to outline changes that, and like on your album, you play the lead along with the piano a lot. Yeah, I try to. Um, yeah, I just i I think there could be an in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like losing the bass as its fundamental role. Mm-hmm. But um, but I mean, a well placed bass melody is it just sounds beautiful to me. And yeah. um, playing lines like being able to play lines with the with the piano player is something that i love like it just i i just don't i think that's kind of the sweet spot of still being res- responsible yep and <laughs> you know <laughs> not shirking and, your duties exactly exactly and still like being able to play a melody and i i'm kind of a melody geek so uh right i, I mean a lot of bass players are are way better players than most people are aware of. Uh, I think the way a lot of bass players practice. You think so? I mean, maybe not. I've also, bass players have been probably the most commonly fired musicians on gigs I've been on also. God. Um, how do you get fired as a bass player? Um, overplaying, I guess. It depends. Like, overplaying has got to be it, doesn't it? Uh, I mean, I was on one where he hadn't learned the book, and it was like a, it was what was it, in the Heights, so it's like kind of a salsa musical, oh, okay. salsa and hip hop, and uh, he he said he was some great salsa bass player, but like oh. he couldn't play it. Oh well, that's that's and just it not was like homework. so he couldn't play the part that was written, and then he also couldn't follow the changes like in a pinch. Oh wow. So, like, he sounded uh, fine when he was just noodling on his own. Right, right. That's, <laughs> no, that's, that doesn't sound, uh, that doesn't sound very professional to me. You know? um, <laughs> no, he was very mad when he was fired, and he sent out a, a nasty email tearing each other musician in the pit oh, down. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, God, okay, yeah. It's like, wow, that was a mistake. Shouldn't have done yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. I just mean yeah. that, the, like, the, the way that... The way that I think about bass is, is uh, you play it melodically in terms of like one note at a time usually, right? But at the same time, it's 
role is sort of intrinsically harmonic. So you're sort of existing simultaneously in both worlds. Yeah, I um, I've real <laughs> like I I get myself into trouble sometimes where on a jazz gig you're supposed to if you're if it's a swing gig or something you're supposed to walk mm-hmm. and outline all the changes and the whole you're basically responsible for all the harmony right and then you're trying to be melodic too so you're playing uh notes that aren't in the right. chord mm-hmm. so you're kind of doing it all while keeping a groove in time and then if i take that mentality and i take it to a rock gig it ain't gonna work you know oh, i'm yeah. just like i'm being a, i'm being a douche so, <laughs> so the more uh, you know this last several months i've really kind of been taking piano lessons and really trying to mm. like i've always noodled but like i really want to get better at it and the more i try to play tunes the more i'm like where is my bass player just playing these roots so i can play these rootless voicings yep yep and i it's really been um, kind of eye-opening where oh and then on the flip side when I get to a rock gig I'm like why are you playing a like a G chord with the root in it play a G chord without the root let right. me handle it and like move a voice up yeah and no one does that because you know it's yeah, probably hit the power chord man yeah exactly we're exactly. all we're all on G it's okay <laughs> we're all stable it's safe <laughs> that's right that's right yeah uh yeah, so it's it's a balance for me of just trying to like figure out okay what's appropriate, and mm-hmm. I'm still figuring it out. I'll be figuring it out till forever. It's yeah, that's the fun of it. Yep, that's true. Until cool. people get too serious and they fire you. Yeah, I mean, what what we do for a living is called playing. So exactly, yeah. exactly. Same thing kids do. All right. Do you uh, yep. do you want to play something? Sure. Uh, sure. Finish this out. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. All right. Yeah, yeah. So um, we can we can go as as out or not as you want. It's I I've done these pretty like uh, pretty um, in or I've done like I did one with with uh, Michelle Cheng, also an ICIT alum. Yeah. And that one was just like totally just like noises and scratches. Well. It's hard over Zoom to be super in. That's kind of why I was thinking we should. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, good. Because it's not, it's so weird. It's like, I don't know what the delay is, but um, I know it's pretty substantial. But I'm just curious to see to, like, what happens when we just try. Yeah, cool. All right, so we both have melodic slash harmonic instruments. There we go. Yes, we do.
<laughs> silly. Yeah. That's just pl- that's just plain silly. But I liked it. Yeah. Um cool. Do, do you have that bass part recorded? Hope so. Okay. Yeah, cuz I think I think with Zoom it doesn't like it, it wasn't all coming through for me. So I was only hearing some of what you were playing. That's hilarious. I was yeah. hearing everything you were playing. Oh, really? I'm, sti- I'm still recording. Uh, okay, good, good. Yeah, that, it looks that, like it all that, came that's through. That's fine. It, that, that's fine. It'll come through. Uh, always the Zoom thing. I feel like it doesn't yeah. let you hear both people at once or something. Yeah. Uh, I wonder... There's, Isn't there, like, a... Not the... Um, not that thing that... Not Jack Trip, but there's, a, yeah. like, a more, um, like consumer-friendly version yeah. of that, isn't there? There's a few. There's, like, Jamulus, and then there's the Audio Movers um, plug-in. There's a few of them. Yeah. I'm curious about that. I mean, I think we're going we're gonna to need it. Um, yep. Probably more than we think. Yeah, I agree. And I think... Uh, there's also a, a need for it to be pretty easy to use. Oh, totally. Totally. Oh, Jack Trip is a nightmare. Yeah, I've I read like how to <laughs> like how you're supposed to set it up. I was like, nope. Yep. Nah, that's not for me. I'm not going into ports. I'm not. You know, not <laughs> oh man, I, I was experimenting with uh, Ko Umazaki, another another UCI professor, and uh, Jordan Watson, another UCI alum. We yep. we were experimenting with it for a while. It's just. You can make it work. It's just such a, a hassle to make it work. Yeah. 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 Well, here's hoping that we can uh, figure something out. Yeah. All cool. Right. So, uh, what 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 do you got coming up? Anything? You you, right. you have your new album out. Yep. New album's out. Uh, no. Next thing is I've kind of moved on. Started working on the next one. All right. So Sweet. Ho- hopefully, uh, like I said, my goal is something a year. That's great. And, um, I hope so. I mean, that would basically as soon as I release another album, <laughs> all the studio gear has paid for itself. Oh wow! I, yeah. I mean, I mean, in terms of use, not in terms of actually ah, bringing the money back. Right. <laughs> just, You're not getting all that that sweet Spotify money. No. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm still waiting for that check. Oh. Uh, cool. So, yeah. well, so so where can people find find your stuff? Your new album's on Spotify. I think it's on Bandcamp also. Yeah, I put it up on Bandcamp. It's on my website, ryanross.com. Okay. Cool. And, um, yeah, and I assume everywhere else. I think I checked Apple Music and Pandora. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's supposed to be supposed to be on all the right. platforms. Cool. Says CD Baby. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. check it out, everybody. Thanks, thanks, Ryan, for coming on. Yeah, thank awesome. you, man. That was this was fun. Yeah, cool. All right, bye. All right, thanks for watching. Remember to check out Ryan's new album, I Was Here, which is available wherever music is streamed, Spotify, Bandcamp, etc. Please remember to like, leave a comment, and subscribe to my channels. And if you would like to consider supporting my content generally, please visit my Patreon page. Thanks. Bye.